Muggles with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillos are referenced in the Old Testament as one of the animal species Noah brought on his ark? Unfortunately, their favorite meal is unicorns, which is why they don't exist today. The unicorns gored them to death. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that. (laughs) For more armadillo facts, to unlock bonus content, and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. Hogwarts, Hogwarts, Hoggy Wardy Hogwarts. That was beautiful. That was really nice. That was good. I like that. <laughs> Hello there. You're listening to Muggles with Attitude. We are reading J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series of fantasy novels. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to be covering chapters 29 through 34 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, the fourth book in the Harry Potter series. Previously, Harry cheats his way through yet another Triwizard Challenge, although at this point, he's definitely tapping Dealer's friends if he's depending on Dobby and Myrtle. Anyway, through the power of cheating and friendship, Harry Potter comes out on top again, and people wonder why Harry Potter is such an unapologetic rule breaker. The gang goes to visit Sirius, sorry, Snuffles, and the gang goes to visit Sirius, sorry, Snuffles. The gang goes to visit Snuffles, and he fills them in on Barty Crouch's history of being just a complete shithead. Meanwhile, Hermione is dealing with the aftermath of Rita Skeeter's hit piece, and she decides to take justice into her own hands. Considering how much time she's spent hanging out with Harry Potter, I'd say that's bad news for our phenomenally stylish reporter. Oh yeah, and they find a busted up Barty Crouch in the Forbidden Forest, and he's off and disappeared again, so I'm sure that's not important. Right. Yeah, that's it. Moving on. (laughs) Yeah. Chapter 29, The Dream. Fred and George are doing some blackmail. Looks like that's a that's a good way to raise money. Yeah, I, I mean their their hijinks have become I don't know what's what do you call hijinks? It's a crime. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, but were they ever anything? Like, I mean, like remember they were they they recently assaulted a muggle just for funsies, right? Yeah, but like not too seriously. I mean, he did almost die. Well, I mean, thank God for their Ministry of Magic connection, their dad. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise that would probably be another wizard felony, right? I mean, I don't know where this sits in the tiers of wizard crime doing, but probably almost killing a muggle by making his tongue magically large so he almost chokes to death is somewhere near the top, right? Or is it? I don't know. Uh, Well, evidence would show that it's Zero crimes. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, because they, they definitely didn't have any consequences at all for that. Uh, but their mom took away their tongue-growing candies. So Well, the ones that she knew about. The tongue-tongue co- toffees? Yeah, presumably they have a whole bucket of them somewhere. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, you've got to wonder where they picked up this, this idea of blackmail, corruption, and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah these, these scions of the Weasley Crime Syndicate. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, just, just doing what they know how to do. That's how the family works. Mm-hmm. But they're looking for startup money for their joke shop. And I feel like they've probably been making some decent money selling stuff at Hogwarts. Like, they've got a captive audience, and those kids don't really have anywhere else to spend their money. Yeah, and a lot of them are from rich wizarding families, right? So they're just, like, throw money away like it's nothing. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what were they charging? Like, seven sickles for something? Yeah, Harry Potter, when, it, when he's, like, slightly hungry, he buys every piece of candy in the shop. That's a good point. I get that. <laughs> you know, he walks into the, the Hogwarts Express and buys out their entire, you know, 
cart full of pumpkin cakes. <laughs> right, yeah. And the witch who runs it is like, you know, there's a bunch of other kids on this train that are probably hungry, too. <laughs> he's like, well, fuck them. You know, They're not Harry Potter, are they? Are they as rich as Harry Potter is? Am I right? <laughs> then he just, like, throws them out the window. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm super full from these pumpkin cakes. I guess the rest of them are going out the window. <laughs> he takes one bite out of each one. <laughs> <laughs> Licks it. <laughs> I don't like the first taste of pumpkin cake. I don't like the rest of them. <laughs> Can we can we do a quick side note here? Because yes. I was thinking a lot about it, and Harry Potter is underage, right? Yes. And like a big thing is you have to be at least seventeen to compete in the tournament, and seventeen is adult in the wizarding world. Sure. So if you're underage, don't you have to get your parents' permission to do the tournament? Wouldn't you think so? I mean, if you're underage, or could yeah. you have parents that at least came in and raised hell? Like this is a minor. He had to go get his parents mission to go to the pedophile village yeah exactly so I they chose the kid whose parents are dead and whose godfather is like lost and cannot be found right now or he'll mm. be sent back to wizard jail i suppose that it's a prestigious enough kind of thing that that there wouldn't be a situation where a parent wouldn't want their kid in it right Maybe. and also remember if, if he doesn't compete at this point the goblet of fire eats him yeah that's we know the goblet of fire will chase him down <laughs> mm-hmm. like a monster thing <laughs> devour him i'm just saying yeah, no, no, it's pretty it's, fucked up. It is. Like, let's find the orphan with the missing godfather. Well, then they yeah. don't have to sign a permission slip. Right? Yeah, exactly. On the other hand, they everybody knows that Harry Potter's unkillable at this point. So they're like, eh, screw it. Mm. Fair enough. Okay. But he gets a shame on you letter from Sirius, because what sort of dumbass he walks out with one of the enemies like that? Going out with Crumb into the forest, mm-hmm. into yeah. the dark forest. I mean, we don't know that Crumb's a bad guy, but he is from Durmstrang, which is the evil school. So, I mean, <laughs> there's a high prob- probability, right? Yeah. Do you think the evil school has one house where they put all the good people? Like and Slytherin? then three oh, houses that are shit. evil? Yeah. Probably. We didn't hear anything about houses of Durmstrang, oh, but you're yeah. probably right, right? Like, I'm sure that must be. And there's that one house of the good guys, and then... The what's his car? right, and the good guys always lose. Yeah, and it, it, they get this like burning passion for justice. And Carcroft's like, "Oh, we're going to compete with the, the try with the tournament," and they're like, "Can we come?" And they're like, "Fuck you! No, you're the good school. Go fuck yourself!" <laughs> and he flies off in his magic carriage or whatever. I think that's exactly how it probably happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he falls asleep in divination, and we get it. His. It's creepy. It's really, really creepy. His little, um, what do you call it? Trance he goes mm-hmm. into or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, his, his like prophetic state. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. His dream, dream walking. Because mm-hmm. he's uh, getting some Dark Lord intel, I guess. Yeah, he rides an eagle owl into the house. This old house and Wormtail is being punished and something, something Harry Potter, something, something. Right, yeah. Yeah. Which, this could just be a, a normal dream that happens to be about stuff that's actually happening. But Harry Potter could just dream this stuff all the time, right? I mean, doesn't he kind of, right? I mean, he's had all kinds of weird dreams. Mm-hmm. So I did a... I was It was it was bugging me, because um, an eagle owl, I know I'd heard that before, and I looked it up and trying to figure it out. And the only other time eagle owls have been referenced in this is the Malfoys have an eagle owl. Oh. So I don't know if there's any significance, but I thought it was kind of interesting that she chose to have the memory if it subconsciously or whatever it is that he chose an eagle owl interesting so jk rowling thinks eagle owls are evil probably knows eagle owls are evil (laughs) they uh i know this is like back going back a little bit but they i guess they go and visit uh mad eye moody and like kind of check in with him a little bit right yeah and uh, i think it's funny because mad eye moody also 
you know, he mentioned that Harry should become an aura, right? Yeah. And her, he's like, Hermione, you should be an aura too. And then uh, Ron's like, hey guys. Hey. And he's like, yeah, Ron, you're, you're a good kid. Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone's telling, like, Sirius and everyone is telling Harry to stay close to Ron and Hermione. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, Ron and Hermione aren't appreciably better at fighting evil. So is the idea just that they're like, bullet shields? <laughs> stay close to Ron and Hermione, just in case there's some spells that go flying. You have a, you know, 30% yeah. chance of being hit. Yeah, you'll have the seventh best Weasley to absorb them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Hermione seems like a good person to be around. Like, she's real smart and everything, and Ron is the meat shield. Well, I mean, Hermione is the best among the fourth years, but she's still a fourth year, right? Yeah. Yeah, but she's going to be a good wizard. She's going to be doing good wizard stuff, so... Oh, no, I just mean that, like, I'm not sure she's any good in a fight, necessarily. Any better than anyone else, right? Or, oh, no, you know what? I mean, she punched she's Draco. Yeah, yeah. She, she's not afraid that to, like, awesome. get in with her fists. So she is probably, like, pretty good in a fight, yeah. Probably. Yep. Mm. He goes to Dumbledore's office to tell him about his crazy dream. Which I was so happy about, because yes. this is, like, one of those things where in... Young adult fiction, there's always the trope where it's like, oh, I know this dark secret, but I can't tell anyone. Going to Dumbledore is exactly the right answer. I was mm-hmm. so happy that he did this. And we get some interesting yeah. information, yeah, too. He, first, he guesses Dumbledore's password. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just goes through all the candy you can think of. Yeah, well, like, Dumbledore is super old. I'm surprised his password wasn't password. <laughs> right, 1111. <laughs> <laughs> password 6969. <laughs> no, it's his, it's his grandmother's birthday, January 2nd, 1934. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. That's a joke from Kimmy Schmidt. It's one, two, one, two, three, four. That's oh, I the, get it. That's yeah. a joke. Yeah. Jeff doesn't really understand computers. So I don't know how confused. dates work. <laughs> we see things happen on dates. People tell me what month it is. I take their word for it. <laughs> it's February wonder right now. February wonder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are I you seriously going to tell me there's a month called October and it's the tenth month, not the eighth? It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I know. Just Romans are dicks. That's oh, why. That bugs me. Mm-hmm. November is the 11th, not the 9th. December is the 12th, not the 10th. What the fuck? It's because Romans are dicks. That's terrible. It used, they used to be numerically aligned, and there used to be 10 months, and then some some Caesars came along and were like, fuck this, we're adding extra months, so, you know, name them after ourselves, and that's what happened. That's terrible. That's why we have August. And July. And July. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. It is oh. bullshit. And those are the two worst months in a lot of ways. Well, I agree. Yeah. I yeah. totally agree. This is why I don't... I trying to. <laughs> I don't mess with no dates. <laughs> okay, okay, I was gonna say. I, th- I thought you were gonna say that you hate Romans. I was like, that is objectively untrue. <laughs> no, I don't hate Romans. Just the ancient ones. Yeah. yeah. We should move to a thirteen-month calendar, though. Then everything would work out. How great would it be to be like, okay, the seventh is always gonna be a Wednesday or something? Wait, why would a thirteen-month calendar calendar work? Because then you could do thirteen months of twenty-eight days. Say 364, and then you just have like one extra day at the end of the year for three years. Okay, so what I think is it should be 12 months, 30 days each, and then a five or six day purge. (laughs) What happens during the purge? You know, it's a purge. No loss. Oh, oh, like in the purge. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) We just just don't name those days because they're not on the calendar. Right, yeah. There's just a time period that nobody talks about is not on the calendar, and we forget about one And anything goes. Yeah. Or we could have... 13-month calendar. <laughs> but that's not enough days, Alice. Three out of every well, four years. Would you name the, the new month Alice-uary? Yes. <laughs> that's exactly what I would call it. And everybody <laughs> would love it. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. What would you call a month? 
Jeffuary. Jeffuary. <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> what, you, what about you? What? Oh, um, Mike Hartz. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst month. That's really bad. That's a really bad month. Man. <laughs> My cart. <laughs> uh, fuck you, Dickuary. That's fuck you, Dickuary. Yes, that one. It's today. It's fuck you, Dickuary eights. I like it. Yeah, print it. Okay. Uh, anyway, I don't know how we got on this tangent, but um, he goes to Dumbledore's office and attempts to do some eavesdropping. Attempts but, to, but Moody you know, puts a kibosh on that immediately. Yeah, but he hears Fudge arguing though. The Minister of Magic's there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore is making the connection between Bertha Jorkins and Mister Crotch, even if nobody else is right now. Except for I guess Sirius. Thinks there's something That's about, true. Right? Yeah, Sirius is connecting some dots too. But nobody in the ministry is taking it seriously. No, <laughs> seriously. I'm gonna make that joke about a hundred times. Yeah, it's good. It's a really good one. It's original. Chapter thirty: The Pensieve. So he's left alone in Dumbledore's office, and he's like, time to start snooping. I know. <laughs> yeah. Then Dumbledore comes back, and he's like, oh, that's perfectly understandable. I'm like, no, fuck that kid. He's invading your space. Dumbledore, Messing with your shit. Dumbledore must have wanted this to happen, right? He's the puppet master here. <laughs> so I, when he was watching this, yeah, Harry Potter sees the pensieve through mm-hmm. a conveniently half-open cabinet door in Dumbledore's office. And he walks over, and Harry Potter actually thinks, you know, I've been at Hogwarts for four years now. I've learned not to stick my hand in things like that. And I was like, way to go, Harry Potter. You're finally growing. And two paragraphs later, he sticks his face in it. That's right. No, no, first he pokes it with a stick. You're like, poke it with a stick, doesn't blow up, face it. I guess this is marginal improvement. I don't think it is. He puts his wand in it, it doesn't blow up. He's like, time to drink it. Harry Potter has two modes. Poke it with a stick and drink it. Yeah. He sticks his face in it and it sucks him into a bunch of Dumbledore's memories. I mean, at least he didn't try to stick anything else into it. (laughs) That was like step three, but he didn't get there. Yeah, Dumbledore's memories. Yeah, pretty much. And so he's in Dumbledore's memories and he sees a few different trials. He sees the trial of Karkaroff, who is totally just turning over and giving up the names of all the Death Eaters. Yeah, it seems like Death Eaters wouldn't be real cool about that. Probably not. And I didn't realize Mad-Eye Moody caught Karkaroff. I don't know if we knew that. Uh, no, but he does threaten Karkaroff, so I guess that, that explains why what Karkaroff knows that Moody knows, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Crouch is presiding over the trial, and one of the people Karkaroff names is Snape, but Dumbledore sticks up for Snape and says that Snape has turned and become a spy for them. Wait, Snape was a Death Eater? <gasps> no. What? Be still my heart and blind my eyes. What a surprise. <laughs> Are you like an old Southern grandmother now yeah. or something? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. Smack the senses with cucumber. <laughs> it's good. I like that one. So is Snape a life eater now? Is that what the opposite of a Death Eater is? Yeah, no, it's a life, life pooper. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Death Eaters and life poopers. <laughs> I gotta say, like, if you gotta pick between those two groups, I mean, Death Eater sounds a lot better than life pooper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Death Eater sounds like something, it's kind of like metal, like, yeah, I eat death. Life pooper sounds like I'm sitting on the toilet forever. <laughs> I like I a just, lifelong pooper. Yeah, I hope to poop for life. I don't know, I hope to poop my entire life. Yeah, what if you never stop pooping? Oh. Uh, 
Yeah. But, you know, uh, I, I do want to point out that Dumbledore reiterates that he's against the wizard torture prison. Like, he, he seems to be kind of outside of society in a way that he mm-hmm. is progressive in a way that my, we as readers might think is the right way to be. I don't know. I am suspicious. Yeah? Because Dumbledore has a lot of pull. A lot of pull. That's true. If he'd wanted to do something about that prison, he probably could. He's like, you know, the Charles Koch of the wizarding world, right? He's got the he's got the He's got tentacles power. everywhere. Yeah. But oh, so, so he's in a position where he can be like, oh, it's so terrible. Oh, Azkaban, the Dementor is awful. I just, I'm so, I'm so, shame, it's so shameful. But, you know, nothing I can do about it. Now throw all my enemies in Azkaban. Ah, so he gets to, like, clutch his pearls and still yeah, hide his enemies. Oh, yeah, Dark. Yeah. Well, Dumbledore is a master manipulator, if there's anything we've learned. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you guys know I believe that Harry Potter is a magical construct created by Dumbledore to flush out his enemies. <laughs> like, like the sorting hat and the Goblet of Fire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sorting hat, Goblet of Fire, Harry Potter. That's why Harry Potter got sucked into the Pensieve, because he's just another of Dumbledore's thoughts that he took out of his head. Oh, oh life. And Dumbledore has come rescue him, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also see Ludo Bagman. Mm-hmm. We see his trial, which is quite different. Yeah, we learn that even in the Wizarding World, celebrity keeps you out of prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the jury's all like, yeah, we find him innocent, and we want to thank him for that wonderful job he did in the sports match the other night. <laughs> I was like, God damn it, this is too real. It's too fucking real. I knew he was dirty. I knew it. Yeah? How'd you know? Uh, he just too... Well, the crimes he was doing, for one. <laughs> well, <laughs> the obvious corruption. Look, look, that's just like the normal amount of corruption for the Ministry of Magic. But also how he's trying to, to friendly up with Harry Potter. Hmm. Awfully suspicious. Awfully mm-hmm. suspicious. So what do you think his role is in all of this so far? Uh, I, I don't know. Because I still think Crouch was being uh, imperious cursed. And I thought it was Crouch that put Harry Potter's name in the Goblet of Fire. Gotcha. I don't know what Leo Bagman is doing. Mm. You don't, so you don't think he was involved in that scheme? Um... Yeah, I don't see how it adds up. I see. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could have been the one that put Harry Potter's name in Goblet of Fire too, right? That's true. But then, why do you need Crouch? No, oh, he was he was definitely helping Harry Potter, attempting to help Harry Potter win. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Awfully mm-hmm. suspicious. For sure. And then we see the next scene: uh, four people accused of using the Cruciatus curse on an Auror and his wife. Yeah, not just any or and his wife. Yeah, we, we hear a name, Frank Longbottom. Yeah, so we, we can infer that this is what happened to Neville's parents. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, super sad. That's weird to try four people together at the same time, right? Like, that's weird. Uh, in real life? <clears throat> yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's unusual, but there's nothing... It happens. Oh. Know? If they're being tried for the same crime that they were involved in, it mm-hmm. happens. Yeah, well, some of them are definitely super evil there and like threatening the dark lord will come take us again blah 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 but then one of them is crouch's kid and he's just like a teenager basically yeah this is what happens when you overstay a party (laughs) you get thrown in wizard prison for torturing i guess so this is what happens when you turn off your phone so mommy and daddy can't track you (laughs) (laughs) he keeps saying he's innocent and crouch just like disavows him and sends him to azkaban with everybody else like what the fuck yeah they definitely um It's 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 real sad. It seems like the jury in this case is is on Crouch's side, which I believe Sirius had said that at the time everyone applauded Crouch, but shortly after, when his son died, or a year, was it a year a year later, mm-hmm. when his son died, then everyone kind of turned on him. So yeah, it seems like a, he's a McCarthyist figure. Mm-hmm. It does feel that way. Where like he's he's rabble rousing and he meets a bunch of success, but eventually 
it wears off and it goes too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. for sure. Yeah. But that's just super sad. And then Dumbledore shows up in the memory next to Harry and is like, get out. Yeah, get out of my brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pet yeah. seems awesome, though. As a, as a concept? Um, I mean, as a concept, it's always cool when you can see like a flashback in an interesting way. But mm-hmm. also, I'd like to have one of those. I'm really bad at organizing my thoughts. Yeah, I, I think it is a, it's kind of an interesting, it's an interesting concept, kind of abstract, but yeah, I think it'd be really useful, I guess. I guess the idea is that once your thoughts are in there, you can kind of view them as a, as an impartial third party and Yeah, and that, I think, it, them. you know, that I got the impression that thoughts that had some kind of connection would like have an affinity with each other in the bowl and mm-hmm. that you could see connections that weren't necessarily obvious when they're not in the bowl. Yes. Which might be why Dumbledore has put all of his Death Eater trial thoughts in this bowl right now mm-hmm. yeah um but we see he he brings it up and we see bertha jorkins as she was as a student yeah we get an idea of what she was like back then and i guess dumbledore's been thinking about her mm-hmm. that was a little creepy how he pulls the thoughts out of his head like worms mm-hmm. <laughs> i thought they were strands of silver thread well, they, they look like worms to me. <laughs> slimy, slimy silver worms. Like this weird, weird thing pulled out of the side of your head. Yeah, that's a little put it in this bowl, and Harry Potter's like, I just put my face in that bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why you don't put your face in things, Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but he, he, just, he just won't stop. And uh, mm-hmm. again, Dumbledore vouches for Snape. That is true. Yeah. Although he won't tell Harry why. I mean, I was thinking about this. It's... It's funny because Dumbledore says he trusts Snape in spite of his being a Death Eater. But I would argue that Dumbledore trusts, can trust Snape because he was a Death Eater. Nothing makes someone trustworthy like knowing that you could end their life with a word. And, and Snape is mm-hmm. completely un, at, at Dumbledore's uh, mm-hmm. you know, discretion, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He, he, Dumbledore owns him. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, unless Voldemort actually does show up and Snape goes and he's a Death Eater with him. Oh, that's true. But I mean, like, right while Voldemort's gone, Dumbledore's like, "Come work at my school." I mean, Snape is like, what a really a super skilled potion maker, right? Mm-hmm. He could do probably the making. I mean, what we see him do basically is poison the students. <laughs> <laughs> well, he knows how to make all these really weird things and has all these super rare ingredients. I feel like he's the kind of person who could make like a killing in the private sector, right? But Literally. he works at this. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. But he works at this school. Yeah, they they talk about how hard it is to make the anti werewolf potion. And Snape can just. Mm-hmm. Brew it up any time. Mm-hmm. But Dumbledore has him working at the school. Yeah, he, you're right. He's t- I had never thought about it that way, but he is totally tied to Dumbledore. Dumbledore could send him to Azkaban in a second. Yeah. Wow. Man, he's stalking the school with people who are loyal to him, isn't he? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's Damn. Got, yeah, he's got Hagrid, who he knows is half-giant. No one else will hire him. Yep. He's got Snape, former Death Eater, who uh, Dumbledore has got, got off on a crime. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Dark. But Dumbledore's reactions to pretty much everything are still my favorite. Like when he finds Harry Potter and Harry's like making some explanation, Dumbledore's like, "Yeah, I would have done the same thing." <laughs> Perfectly understandable. <laughs> right. The rules don't apply to such as us, Harry Potter. It's <laughs> pretty great. Um, but they have a, a discussion about Voldemort. The first real discussion I think they've had. But he's uh, Dumbledore hypothesizes that Harry's scar hurts when Voldemort is near and feeling feeling some hate. Yeah. And. He talks about the disappearances we'd all heard about, so Bertha Jorkins, Crouch, and then he brings up Frank Bryce, who, the guy we met in the very first chapter, who worked in the village where Voldemort's dad grew up. 
Yeah, that's right. I guess the, he's not on the wizard's radar because he's a muggle and mm-hmm. wizards forget that muggles are things. Yeah. But Dumbledore's like, no, this mm-hmm. is important. Yeah, he's making those connections. I found it very eerie. He was talking, it just felt like there's historical connections there when he's talking about Voldemort's rise to power and how it was marked with disappearances and things like that. It was very scary. Yeah, so this is like, this is this is a foreshadowing of, of what's, what's to come because this is the way it used to be mm-hmm. when Voldemort was at his full strength. Yeah, for sure. And then we find out that that, is Neville's parents. Harry had never even bothered to think about where Neville's parents were. I know. Yeah. I, I mean, like... And he's had a lot of clues at this point, right? Yeah, and he literally shares a bedroom with this kid, and he has for the past four years. It never occurred to him to, to wonder why Neville's grandmother is the one who takes care of him, and uh, he has this really weird reaction to seeing the torture curse done on well, somebody. Well, remember, missing parents is normal for Harry Potter. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> He's just like, oh, another orphan like me. I guess so. Maybe it would have soon. Yeah. But uh, yeah, apparently Dumbledore's also been writing letters to Sirius as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Dumbledore knows where Sirius is all the time. Yeah. So this is the book that indicates that J.K. Rowling doesn't like people named Frank. Oh. Because Frank Bryce gets killed by a Voldemort baby. Uh-huh. And uh, Frank Longbottom gets tortured to death or oh. to insanity. That's true. She must Fair really enough. hate Franks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She knew sure Frank once is like, every character who gets fucked up in my book is going to be Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you, Frank. You know who you are. <laughs> That's interesting how they have the same first name, though, because she's so thoughtful when she chooses names. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, tw- two characters introduced in the same book with the same name. I meant to look, too. Like, what's the origin of the last name Longbottom? Like, what does that mean? Where does that come from? It sounds like a good old English name. Is it? I, I, I think it's a place. Oh. Like Funky Bottom. Mm. Oh. It's like a, you know, referring to a valley or a marsh, and Long Bottom just means like a long one. Oh. That would be my guess. That's a good guess. That would make sense. Yeah. It just seems like the most British name ever, Neville Long Bottom. <laughs> yeah. It really is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chapter 31, The Third Task. We get another Rita Skeeter article, which are always fun. Harry And Harry Potter's a parcel mouth, and we don't know how she knew that. Yeah, this is interesting, but... Uh, again, I know I've said this before, but I, every time I read this, I think to myself, you know, these articles, like, aren't entirely untrue, right? Yeah, well, there's a spin on them, but the facts are accurate. <laughs> like, he is a partial tongue, and he did all these things yeah, right? that she's talking about. Now, I mean, yes, there is a spin on them, but they're not necessarily untrue. Mm-hmm. And, like, when we, when we read the books, we might be getting a spin. We're getting our own spin on it. So maybe hers is more accurate than the one we get. That's it's right, true. yeah. Yeah, we're hearing things from Dumbledore's perspective. <laughs> Dumbledore, the great manipulator. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I wonder if Harry had actually just talked to her, maybe she would be positive on him. Maybe. But it's sweet. It's the time for the third task, and uh, Mrs. Weasley and Bill show up to visit Harry beforehand. Yeah, I thought this was pretty nice, because, you know, he doesn't have a family of his own, and he was he was a little sad when they were saying, oh, you know, all the champions' families are here. He's like, well, the Thursdays aren't going to show up. Yeah. But yeah, so the Weasleys came in. It came in instead. We got the Weasley mom, and we've got the, the Weasley first. What do you call the best Weasley kid? Oh, uh... Primus. <laughs> Weasley Prime. Weasley Prime. Bill Weasley Prime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Mrs. Weasley is like, 
Well, I, I know Ron's never going to accomplish anything like this, so I thought I'd come and watch Harry. <laughs> I, felt, I felt a little bad for Ron, because Ron is, like, taking his exams while Harry's, like, walking around with his family yeah. and having a good old time. <laughs> I call bullshit on that, too, that the champions don't have to do final exams. Yeah, that's... Why? I mean, this, the exams are theoretically for their benefit, right? Because their education and stuff? Yes. <laughs> Well, maybe they expect they're all going to die, so who cares? <laughs> That's right, yeah. We're not just going to print up the forms for them, because they're not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if there's, a, if there's a pretty passable chance that the people competing in this tournament are going to die, then do you really want their last time on this earth to be spent taking exams? Why them enjoy themselves? <laughs> all right, fair enough. <laughs> the last meal. <laughs> uh, I, I also want to point out, so they're, they're helping Harry train for this next task. They're doing a bunch of hexes and curses and stuff, you know, getting prepared. And Ron stops and says, you know, this is really good practice for when we're all going to be Aurors. No one says shit. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, who's going to break it to him? <laughs> sure you are, Ron. Because, I mean, Aurors yeah. are like the best of the best, right? They're the smartest, most skilled wizards. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's, let me put it this way. An Auror is like your bill type. You know? <laughs> Maybe you're Charlie, even. Yeah, you're Charlie type. There's that's where they really draw from the horrors. When it comes to a Ron, I mean, shopkeeper, you know, house husband, that sort of that kind of wizarding duty, which is just as good. <laughs> it's a perfectly reasonable thing to be, and you should be looking for maybe. Maybe that special witch or wizard who's going to, like, take care of you in life. Yeah, who are you going to hitch that wagon to? <laughs> you know, your friend Hermione is very skilled, very smart. I bet she's going to be doing very yeah. well in life. Just I noticed her teeth there. are looking smaller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Ron. Yeah, but speaking of the Weasleys, Percy's in trouble. They figured out that the messages he's been getting probably are not actually coming from Mr. Crouch, which seems like a pretty bad oversight on his part. Yeah, I mean... It's one of those things where he was being a little bit of a, a dipshit about it, and <laughs> he was not—he he really didn't want those things to not be coming from Crouch because it would have like made him feel like important. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think he probably wasn't uh, thinking about it as thinking as critically yeah. as he could have. Yeah. That lesson learned, kid. Don't identify with your job. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then it's time for the third task. Harry and Cedric get to enter the maze first. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny because like. You know, Harry's wandering around. He's like, "Oh yeah, chugging along. Oh, dead end here. Keep going back." And he yeah. like he meets up. Cedric's like on fire. He's like, "Fuck! There's blasted <laughs> screws in here." <laughs> Harry's partner's like, "Oh yeah, my side was real tough too. <laughs> like three dead ends. <laughs> I almost got lost in there." This is like this is Harry Potter's thing, though, right? This, this is his task. Right? <laughs> Go to somewhere crazy where nothing makes any sense and, and blast anybody you see. Oh yeah, I'm on it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Like, he's done this like three times already. Yeah, I'm right? made for this. This is my final exam. <laughs> That's right. Because he he did the the puzzle things for the the sorcerer's stone. Then he did like the chamber of secrets, like exploring that weird shit. Like he's mm-hmm. just like, oh yeah, this is just dungeoneering. I do this all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pro dungeon explorer, Harry Potter. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so how come you can't just use Accio broomstick again and fly over the maze? That, that is a great question. That'd be like cheating. He... <laughs> also, he does use a spell at one point to get, get enough of a hole in the hedge because he hears Seadig uh, uh, yelling. Mm-hmm. And so he yeah. just kind of like burns a hole through it, which... He could just do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so, uh, notice that when Fleur, the super hottie, screams, he's like, oh, well, nothing I can do about that. I can't get to her. But when C-Dig screams, he burns a hole in the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, C-Dig's is a Hogwarts person. He's like 
on the in-group, right? That's a good point. Well, Flora's a foreigner. Yeah. <laughs> we know how... A floreigner. <laughs> a floreigner. I do think it's funny that the the maze is suspiciously full of things that Harry Potter knows how to deal with. <laughs> it's almost as if the person who created the maze was trying to help him a little bit. <coughs> Hagrid. Yeah, you mean. <laughs> <laughs> these blast-ended scroots. Yeah, why, why do we keep learning about these stupid blast-ended scroots? Oh, I don't know why. Maybe it'll come in useful, Harry. <laughs> and meanwhile, the, the Hufflepuffs are learning nothing about them, so Cedric is completely unprepared. <laughs> yeah, he, man, he gets set on fire a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, that's just... He should probably invest in some fire-resistant robes because that seems to be his, his deal. But Crumb was using Crucio on C-Dig. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, I mean, it's just a game, bro. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's pretty extreme. Yeah. Because, like, sure. that's that's the kind of thing that lands you in Azkaban. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like a life sentence kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, if you're going to use the one of those super curses, you should use the death one so they don't talk about it. That's true. Mm-hmm. Like, a, cru- a Cruciatus curse, that leaves witnesses. Yeah. 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 But then, anyway. I liked when Harry Potter got the riddle. <laughs> I know. That was, that was pretty funny. like... My read on this is that, first of all, he makes the Sphinx say the riddle like 10 times. I know, this, the Sphinx is being super helpful. <laughs> like, can you repeat that again? Okay, now just the second part. Okay, he's like, okay, can you repeat that first part again? The Sphinx is like so tolerant. <laughs> At the end, I don't know. I felt like Harry Potter was just thinking, okay, something you wouldn't want to kiss. I don't know, a spider? And Sphinx is like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the right answer. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> This fucking idiot solved puzzle. Yeah. (laughs) Well, because like Harry, Harry knows if he doesn't get it, the Sphinx will attack him. But apparently, Harry's just fucking impenetrable. So (laughs) yeah. Oh, he laughs at danger. (laughs) He's never had a consequence in his life. Like whatever, cat. (laughs) Get it right, I get to walk along. Get it wrong, I have to kill the Sphinx. (laughs) (laughs) That's not even the right answer. The Sphinx is just like, this is Harry Potter. (laughs) If we get in a fight, I'm not walking away from this. Yeah, spiders. Sure, that. Whoa, yeah, you guess the thing that you wouldn't want to kiss. Man, you're so clever, Harry. Good job. You can pass. Good thing I don't have to fight you. I thought it was cute, though. I thought the little riddle was cute. It was cute. It was nice. It was and nice. It seemed very uh, in Harry Potter's character that he like only partially can solve it, and even that takes a while. <laughs> this is not his forte. Mm-hmm. Wait, had he? Oh, wait, no, never mind. Because I was like, if he had just seen a spider, that's probably he probably just named the last thing he saw. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want to kiss that thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. Tree. <laughs> <laughs> the ground, the shoes. <laughs> Hedge maze. <laughs> wait, is that your, that's your answer? Yes. No. no. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, hedge maze, Harry. Hedge maze. Yes, that's right. Nobody would want to kiss a hedge maze. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. <laughs> oh. But they do run into spiders at the at the very end there. Um, see Dig and Harry both reach the cup at the same time. Yeah, I think it's funny because I guess the Sphinx is, you know, all kidding aside, the Sphinx is smiling when Harry passes. And I think it's because the Sphinx knows he's about to fight a giant spider. <laughs> it's like, that's fine. You can get past me, but you're getting yeah. by that spider. And Sea Digs work together to fight the spider. It is bro-tastic. I know. Oh. This is super cute. It is. They cross the finish line together, too. It's yeah. like, team up to fight the spider, and yeah. there's a whole they, thing. They have an argument over, no, no, you touch it. No, you touch it. No, you go first. <laughs> we do it together. I thought it was very sweet. It was very sweet. I liked it. But it turns out the cup is a port key. 
mm-hmm. chapter 32, Flesh, Blood, and Bone. Yeah, things get real dark real fast. Mm-hmm. They end up in a graveyard, and there's like a shadowy dude walking towards them carrying a baby, and yeah, his cool, scar cool, cool, hurts. Cool. <laughs> yeah, they, they like talk to each other, and they're like, Wands uh, out, right? Yeah, let's, let's get a wands out. Yeah. I mean, just just in case, right? You know, like, this doesn't yeah. feel like a winner's podium. Graveyard, <laughs> <laughs> dude in shadow cloak. Yeah. Yeah. But. And then, yeah. like, within seconds, C. Diggs is dead. Yep. And yep. I guess he's back on the market. Abracadabrism. Yep. Yeah. But you know who's single now? Cho Chang. Yeah, that's right. Funny how that worked out for Harry Potter, doesn't it? That's true. Wasn't wasn't C? Yeah, C. Diggs yeah, was already on his list. I didn't uh-huh. want to mention that, but yeah, like another one off the list. Uh-huh. That's true. Just Wait. terrible accents. And, and, you know, Harry Potter is, is usually really quick on the gun, you know. Uh huh. But at this time, you know, he hesitated just mm-hmm. long enough. <laughs> that's right. So that's somebody he can cross off. Who's left on the list? Snape, Moody. Yeah, probably Voldemort. Is he? Oh. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, Harry Potter doesn't actually seem to be that angry at Voldemort. Yeah, I mean, most of the times he's fought at Voldemort, it's been, like, in a passive sort of way. Like, Voldemort comes after him, like, look, dude, don't mm-hmm. come after Harry Potter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go hunting Voldemort very often. Mm-hmm. Yet again, this is what happens. Passively facing Voldemort. Jeff, were you surprised when C. Dig died? Uh, yeah, I was. Because I thought he was going to be Harry Potter's bro. Mm-hmm. He was Harry Potter's bro. For about five minutes. <laughs> yeah. If that. But, I mean, it was weird that there was so much focus put on this character. I was wondering where it was going. Mm-hmm. So I, I was thinking, like, he's this is going to be, what, like the... I, th- I thought C. Deeks was going to win the tournament cup and Harry Potter was going to learn a lesson. Like, oh, I guess I don't have to win everything. But mm-hmm. C. Deeks is a great guy, so... You know, I'm not the I'm not the chosen one. I don't have to be the center of every story forever. Mm-hmm. That's not where this is going. No. <laughs> no. In fact, that other chosen one, dead. Yeah. yeah. Now Harry Potter's in focus again. Uh, yep. Yeah. And it turns out that uh, the, the thing that's been carried around is Baby Voldemort. We nailed yes! it. I, 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 yeah. I, I wasn't actually sure about that. I was well, kind of joking. Jeff. Well, it's a weird skinless baby Voldemort. Well, I mean, I all mean, babies are kind of weird. Yeah, like, newborn yeah, babies are super gross. They're creepy, yeah. They're, like, wet and steaming, and their eyes don't focus, and they're... They've got, like, scaly skin. Yeah, like, they're soft bones, really squishy. Yeah. yeah. They're gross. Mm-hmm. And so is Voldemort. That's <laughs> yeah. a baby. Yeah. But they throw they throw the baby in a cauldron. Wormtail chops off his hand and throws it in there. Yeah. Wormtail's job sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I, know. I know. Yeah, Voldemort's hench, hench, henchies do not fuck around. <laughs> wow, chops he, off his own hand. He should have stayed a mouse, man. He was better off when he was a rat, yeah. being whatever Ron Weasley's pet. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, okay, so this whole <laughs> this this whole ritual, what I kept thinking was. Did Percy's department get those tolerances right for the cauldron thicknesses? <laughs> this could go really wrong. People could get seriously hurt. <laughs> Luckily, Percy's been working on that for a couple of years now, right? Yeah, I hope so. Mm-hmm. But luckily, Percy's regulations... Yeah, no, yeah the cauldron totally works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny, though. If you go back and read, there was an earlier scene where he saw Wormtail talking with Voldemort. Voldemort says, you're going to get to do something that most of my followers would like give their right hand for or something. Yeah. So, Voldemort knew what was coming. Voldemort's got the jokes. Yeah. <laughs> like preparing for it's that like, one. That's a slow burn joke right there. Yeah. Okay. I also would say, just like a technical matter, Wormtail should have taken Harry Potter's blood before he cut his own hand off. 
you but have to that's do not the right how order. the spell went. Yeah, but yeah. you don't. You just need. You didn't have to put it in first. Mm. You just take it while you got two hands, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I'm that's just you know total like polished detail. Right? Yeah, it's poor planning on his part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Harry Potter's lucky that they didn't need very much blood because I mean like when they were like blood of my foe, I was like oh they're trying to bleed him. Uh, yeah, I'm glad it's, like, glad it's not like. Wormtail's blood in Harry Potter's hand. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, this is so metal. <laughs> and then like Voldemort rises up and he's like like snake with red eyes and like slit eyes and like that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. we da, talked da, da, about da, da, da. wizards making entrances. Voldemort knows how to make a right. fucking entrance, yes. right? Yeah, I change. I don't want to do Big Lebowski entrance anymore. I want to do this entrance. <laughs> <laughs> My lackey cuts his hand off and puts it in a cauldron, and then I arrive. <laughs> My father's bone, my enemy's blood. I rise from the cauldron. I am here for our summit of, you know, Triwizard Tournaments. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, they they bring out the cauldron. They're like, huh, I wonder where Durmstrang is. Like, the school just, like, burns out of the cauldron. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a pretty good entrance. Here's the thing. He said robe of me when he first showed up, so... Did they get to see Voldy Dick? I think, uh, I think that, my, you know what, my read is that he was covered by the steam, you know, there's like, mm. you know, one of those steamy scenes where you just see his outline. Mm. His little Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> his tiny riddle. <laughs> but the chapter ends in a really badass way too. Lord Voldemort had risen again. Yeah. And he's like, now it's time for a fight. Chapter 33, The Death Eaters. He calls all the Death Eaters through his the dark mark on Wormtail's arm. <laughs> my name's Lord Voldemort, and all my followers are going to have sweet snake tattoos on their arms. It's like, whatever, Tom. <laughs> Don't call me Tom. Call yeah. me Voldemort. <laughs> and they're going to call it the dark mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My Death Eaters. Yeah, Death yeah. Eaters. We death. What does that even mean? Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! Does it mean you eat dead things? That's gross. No, eat death! Uh, all right, sure, sure. <laughs> okay. It's okay, Tom. Okay, Tom. <laughs> all, all the Death Eaters show up. They apparate immediately. Mm-hmm. So this means that none of those Death Eaters were at the school, right? Because they can't disapparate there. so, yeah, I guess so. Ooh, he, I think point. he does mention... Does they, all, he? They, all, they all apparate in like... Within a minute, right? Yeah, but Voldemort does mention that there's somebody who's still he's got a spy at Hogwarts right now, one of his most yeah. faithful. When he's telling his like little sad story or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. fucking Lucius Malfoy is there, of course, mm-hmm. which does not surprise anybody. Yeah, I really like this bit where where Voldemort's like, and I always reward loyalty, and then Rowling mentions that. Wormtail is laying on the ground, whimpering and bleeding. Yeah. And but begging. then he gets a sexy hand, a like silver hand. He does get a sexy silver mm-hmm. hand. You know, I was thinking that being a Death Eater is pretty terrible, but like that shiny hand thing is pretty fucking cool. Would you cut off your hand? If I knew get, I was going to sweet, sweet silver, silver hand. hand, yes. I mean, can Absolutely. the hand like make stuff and it like can crush do things. sign language and yeah, I mean, it, it's sign a, language. I, I mean, I'm trying to think of useful things you can do with your hands. <laughs> you can play piano. It can play it, the piano, but just one-handed, but really beautifully. It, it seems like it is. It is used, does all the things a normal hand does, but really strong. Mm. Eh, probably not. Yeah. Mm, it seems really painful. Cutting off your hand or having yeah. a silver hand. Cutting off your hand. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, just do it real fast. But uh, they name a few people. He Voldemort mentions the Lestranges, who are the guys who um, did the Cruciatus Curse on Neville's parents. Yeah, that's they're right. still in Azkaban. Yeah, they went with uh, the Crouch Boy. Yeah, there are lots of familiar names here. We hear the 
the what's it the Malfoys are here, the mm-hmm. crabs and the Goyles are yeah, here. Yeah, crab and Goyle, their dads He's, are there. This is their dads? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I thought it was them. No. No, no, it's their dad. Uh, McNair, who that's a callback. He was the guy who was sent to kill Buckbeak. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's mm-hmm. right. And just but, likes killing. Yeah. But he mentions the six missing missing Death Eaters, three dead in my service, one too cowardly to return, one who has defected and will be killed, and a faithful servant at Hogwarts who has already re-entered my service. Yeah, interesting. He, he, he gives a really helpful summary of his life and and the, the things in his life that are relevant to Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, this is like one of those villain exposition things, right? He's like, just... Uh... You know, he's instead of killing Harry Potter, he's yeah. like monologuing, right? Yes, and then we captured Bertha Jorkin, so that explains what happened to her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had a rough road, though, didn't he? Yeah, more, yeah. You know? Yeah, he had to hang out in snake bodies and stuff. Yeah, sometimes rat bodies. Mm-hmm. They never left very long. And then, and then we finally got someone who could make him a new body. It was Wormtail, and Wormtail's just could make him a crappy baby body. <laughs> That's right. Because, you know, it's Wormtail. He's not, not a very good wizard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, call back to Quirrell, poor guy. Oh yeah, he's like just some some guy who's wandering around. He's like, yep, yeah. rode him right back to Hogwarts mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. And then, but and we find out he doesn't name any names, but that he used the Death Eater that is at Hogwarts to put Harry Potter's name in the goblet and make sure that he was the one who won and touched the port key. Right. So who, so it's got to be Bagman. You think it's Bagman? That's why Bagman keeps trying to make help Harry cheat. He's trying to make sure he wins. It makes sense to me. So you think Bagman is a Death Eater and he's controlling Crouch? I guess somebody else is controlling, controlling Crouch. Okay. Who do you think is not... controlling Crouch? Because Bagman and Crouch, they've been in this, the room together, right? Yeah, that's true. So it's, I mean, Voldemort, right? You think Voldemort was... Knew it, wait, maybe Voldemort? Voldemort? Yeah, well, he's still good at wizarding, isn't he? Yeah, but like... I don't think he was near... I don't, I don't actually don't know. Do you have to be in the same room as somebody to Imperius curse them? I think so, because you're... Curse like shoots out your wand and has to hit them. Oh, for Imperius also? Yeah, you can't just do it like remotely. Be oh. serious, my guess. Sorry, yeah, you could do like a chain of Imperius curses, right? Imperius the guy who Imperius the guy who Imperius the guy like a yeah, right? like a bucket line all the way to Hogwarts. <laughs> Unfortunately, once you do that, they're going to be doing really weird instructions. <laughs> <laughs> it's like playing telephone. Yeah, it's like I could put the banana in the fridge. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Chapter thirty-four: Priori and Cantatum. Yeah, this is the again the classic villain blunder. You know, he has Harry Potter tied up and a silver knife. He didn't even have to do it himself. It's like, dude, just cut his throat, stab him in the fucking eye, whatever. Game over, right? Mm-hmm. But no, he's like, no, I'm gonna fight him with wands. Well, this is also <laughs> the fucking guy who could have just thrown Harry Potter out the window as a baby instead of having to curse him. That is true, and that would been over too. Yeah. yeah. That's- Tom Riddle's always had a weakness for the dramatic statement. I guess. <laughs> You're totally right. He is one of the drama kids, isn't he? Like, yeah, he is. Dark stuff, and he's handsome, but like moody. And, and he's named himself Lord Voldemort. <laughs> yes, we can't forget that. Yeah, but that is some bad, bad planning on Voldemort's part there. So they have a wizard fight. Wizard duel. I love yeah. wizard fights. Here's the fun one, though. Harry... Re- Thinks back real briefly, he's attended one dueling club lesson where he learned one spell that was really useful. And you know who he learned that spell from? Who? Snape. <gasps> Expelliarmus. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Snape right. Was, that was Expelliarmus. Yeah. That was Snape. That's right, because uh, it was Snape and Gilderoy Lockhart, yeah. right? They were mm-hmm. doing the dueling. And Snape. Lockhart's trying to do something yeah. silly, and Snape is just like, Expelliarmus. <laughs> yeah, and Snape wants to be the dark arts dude. 
That's right. Mm-hmm. So we had to embarrass Gilderoy Lockhart in front of everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So that's how Harry learned this spell that he's been the the only useful spell he knows in this fight. Yep. Though I gotta say, you know, the impedimento, the reducto, like he's learned a lot of spells that I think could be pretty useful here. Yeah, especially considering he's still a fourteen-year-old, you know. Yeah, but still, Voldemort insti- insists on toying with him instead of like just killing you outright. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I'm gonna torture you a little bit. I'm he, gonna. He'd be a great Bond villain. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I was thinking about this though. I think that Voldemort is scared of him. Because the last time he did a killing curse on Harry Potter, it killed him. So what he's doing is he's, like, testing the waters. He first does a thing where he makes him bow or whatever. Like, okay, that worked. He does Cruciatus. These are things that wouldn't kill him if they backfired. Fair enough. That's not a bad... I also think the the reason he's doing this in public and slowly like this is to... uh, destroy the power the of the idea of Harry Potter, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's he's not sure of all the loyalty of these Death Eaters. It's because these death you know, the, the legend of Harry Potter is that he's the kid that can beat Voldemort. So Voldemort's not all powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he makes him look like a, a worthless child here. That's and he does it in front point. of all of his Death Eaters so that he can so yeah. they can relay the message that, oh, Voldemort, you know, killed Harry Potter easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just a fluke the first time. Yeah, he mocks him and tries to make him look small, but at the end of the day, we still need to remember that he's an adult who's fighting a 14-year-old. <laughs> no. So how badass can you look? Yeah. Well, I mean, he got killed by a baby before, so I guess this is a little bit of an <laughs> upgrade, <true>. right? <laughs> <laughs> so this this fight is pretty good as wizard fights go, but nobody transforms into anything. Oh, yeah. Like Which dra- is a big disappointment. Yeah, self-transforming into a dragon. or like right, yeah, a, transforming each other into funny things. That's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> I really like that. We know that's a thing, because Moody turns Malfoy into a ferret. Why doesn't he turn right. Harry Potter into a ferret and swing him around a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. But no. Uh, but he does use the Imperious Curse on Harry Potter, and all that it, Imperious Resistance training that he got from Moody is paying off. That he just happened to get from Moody. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. That, that was really interesting. It's like he tries to Imperious him and Harry yeah. Potter shakes it off. In the... yeah, and then like even no matter, even the most powerful wizard in the world, using the most powerful spell in the world can't make Harry Potter follow directions. <laughs> Basic directions. <laughs> like, say the word no. <laughs> He's like, fuck you, I won't. <laughs> fuck you, no, I won't. But that no is for me, not for you. <laughs> The Death Eaters are like, oh, all right, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, Lucius Malfoy is like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I could have exactly. told you that was going to happen. <laughs> He's kind of a douche. <laughs> My son uh, says you're an asshole. <laughs> and then she gets real weird in this wizard fight. Mm-hmm. There's like a, what? I'm, I'm trying to remember. So they're, they're like wizard fighting, and then there's like a golden thread that connects them, and they fly up in the air and like float. And then, like, a, a dome appears around them. I was like, what is this? What is going on here? Phoenix magic. It's Phoenix magic. They've both, they both got phoenix feathers in their wands, oh, right? Oh, that's and right. And they're, like, matching phoenix feathers. Yes. Oh. So it's, like, phoenix feedback or something. Who knows? Oh, bouncing phoenix Phoenix magic. feedback with a PH in the feedback. <laughs> yeah, phoenix feedback. <laughs> feedback. Yeah. No, it's also the name of my band. Phoenix feedback. Phoenix it's feedback. not a bad name. It's all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. It is super weird, and this like dome spreads around them, and Fox shows up. Well, no, Fox just, doesn't show up. It's just the Phoenix song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which okay. makes him think of Fox because that's the only other Phoenix he's heard, and right, it yeah. makes him think of Dumbledore, where he's like. So I, I kind of I don't know if this is true, but I think this is why all the people that were killed by Voldemort's wand 
start showing up because it's Phoenix magic, right? They like oh. overloaded the Phoenix magic, so a bunch of Phoenix stuff is happening. Oh shit! And Phoenixes fly around and make force fields and bring people back to life. That's my theory. Wow, I, I didn't even think about, about that. that. That's that's. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, well, it's like it's like cycling back through all the spells he's cast. Mm-hmm. All the people in he's reverse killed. order. No, not 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 just that. Because remember, the hand comes out and well, then he killed he... that hand. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but there's all the screams every time he casts Cruciatus. It's like if you if you look at the order, it's the reverse order of the spells he casts. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't For... realize that. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Wow. I did notice it was the people he killed in reverse order. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, it gets to Harry Potter's parents. And you know, being Harry Potter's dead parents is a full-time job. <laughs> They're like, well, we're back. I guess we better find Dark Wizard now. Yeah. Not even a minute to just say, I'll give him a hug. And say, how's, how's your day been? I, I, I think, though, as a mother, this was devastating to me. When, yeah. when he knew his, what was coming and his mom like shows up and is like, hey, hang on, your dad's on the way. I'm just like, oh, yeah. it was so sad. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. I like yeah. when they were all whispering encouragement to Harry Potter. Keep at it, Harry. And Harry couldn't hear what they were whispering to Voldemort. So it was probably, like, dirty. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to yeah, come I'm fuck you up. I'm going to come, come, <laughs> come piss where you sleep. Sea <laughs> yeah. uh, Dig's ghost or whatever comes out and yeah. asks Harry to bring his body back to his parents. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That's really that's really sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Voldemort gets ghost busted. Yeah, he, <laughs> he does. does. Yeah, it does. They give him just—they give Harry just enough time to be able to grab the body, grab the court key, and get out. And he uses his Accio, 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 Accio. How do you say it? Accio, I think. Accio. I think. Accio. Accio. <laughs> he uses his Axio body spray <laughs> to summon the court key. I was like, oh yeah, that, that one. Yeah, he's got a short list of spells, but he's like really getting the hang of them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the good thing about Harry Potter. Once he knows it, he knows it. Yeah, that's where we end at that extremely dramatic moment. Yeah, that was a really intense action scene. Like, it was all kind of written in a very, very exciting way. I think. One of the things I really like is how quickly and unexpectedly Cedric dies. Like, it's not like a pulled out, a long drawn out thing in the slightest. Like, reading it, you're just shocked. It just happens so fast, and I think that's an interesting way of doing it. Yeah, yeah it was abrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, you can see the how this works, right? She introduces this character, she builds up the character, makes them likable, and then kills them to show that, you know, you mean business. Mm-hmm. Like, Joss Whedon does this all the time, right? Uh, George R. R. Martin does this, but she did a good job. Robert Jordan doesn't do it. No, Robert Jordan does the opposite of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> kills him to show you he means business and then brings him back like ten times. That's right. He's never really dead. Yeah. That's it for this week's episode of Muggles with Attitude. Next time we're going to be finishing Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire with chapters 35 through 37. I am Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter or Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Michael Sparkman. I don't have one of those. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can also drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. (laughs) Please share this with anyone who you think will like this. Please give us good reviews. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. If you're a fan of Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series, you can check out our other podcast, The Dragon Reread. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Finite Podcast. Podcast.